you are so in the culture you have <laughs> nfts you just said tiktok you know if you didn't hear me speak i could be mistaken for like a 14 year old girl i have listened i have listened to music with you i have seen your spotify playlist oh my god me and megan trainer i'm familiar with how much you love yeah megan trainer Katy perry oh yeah well don't don't put those two on the same level i love them both but megan trainer is on a level all her own Hello, and welcome to the ninth episode of Partial Recall, or hopefully the first one that you're listening to. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm one of the hosts. I'm here with my friend Yishai, the other of the hosts. Yishai. Hey. Uh, and we have a... Who else am I here with? Special guest. It's a me, Mario, in honor of my favorite episode. Oh, is that really your favorite episode? By far. Okay, I just want to point something out. Did you catch that there is a reference to you in that episode? Do I have to show you the picture of Toad? I was hoping it was the handsome guy that you were talking about. But <laughs> you said there's a really hand. Then I looked him up and I'm like, I hope that wasn't me. <laughs> but because it, it looks nothing like me. It look, here's where it looks like you. He looks a little bit like you in the beard bet. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. He's got the crazy hair. <laughs> there's, a, there's a version of that uh, line where he, he says you by name and then we, we read it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just so narcissistic that you said there was a handsome guy, and they're like, I think they're talking about me. <laughs> we were talking about sarcasm earlier. That is one of the uh, one of the examples of how that goes. Uh, um, yeah, the, p- further peeking behind the curtain, and now you've heard me do the intro to the podcast five times. Uh, there are two full episodes. The me. only time we've done that. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That is, that is we, how bad we well, are. Also, the, the thing is that to really like uh, – uh, pull the uh, curtain back here. It's almost impossible to re-record the second half of uh, an episode, right? Because because then like impression. Well, because like we're jet we're talking about what we felt about the movie, and then like we say like we say stuff in real time, and then react to it, and to like try to do that again seems like a an impossible task. Yeah. Um, right. It, it is genuinely impossible to recut the first parts because. After we watch the movie, we can't do it, which is why in the Demolition Man episode, we had to leave in the part where Yishai said he owned a Nazi uniform. <laughs> Couldn't cut it. Had to keep it in. I missed that part. Okay, now that we've gone super far afield, we've done like six behind the curtains for 12 different episodes. Yishai, why don't you tell our smart listeners who are listening for the first time what this podcast is about? This podcast is about uh, movies we've seen as kids that we only sort of remember. Uh, so in the first half of the episode, we go back and try to recreate those movies uh, from memory. And then we break, we watch those movies, and then we come back in the second half of the episode and talk about what we got right, what we got wrong, and uh, if the movie held up. Uh, I will say, like, some of the brilliance of this podcast ooh. is, like, for people exactly our age, because my life is this podcast, as an example, I think... Uh, Daniel, I sent you, yeah, I did send you a text message. I showed my kids blank check for the first time. And like, there's about an hour before you start the movie when you've decided you're going to watch it, where you get to do all the partial recall in your head. And then you get to watch the movie with your kids. And we've done this for like 
a lot of the sports movies. Dunstan checks in. And then you show your kids blank check and you remember that it ends with like a 12-year-old boy making out with like a 30-year-old woman. It's, and you're it's like, very oh, wrong and my 8-year-old son called it out. Like, why are they kissing on the lips? I do not remember that. We should do a blank check episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. That's a nice compliment. Yeah, it's been a... Uh, it's been fun to like go back and 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 it's funny like with the movies that that you uh remember well and don't remember uh like in Happy Gilmore I remembered apparently every beat and then some stuff I don't remember uh anything. But that is a uh, a good way to segue into what we're going to talk about this week. So Yeah, what movie are we talking about? Yeah, so last week we did Happy Gilmore and the connection was uh we, we took Ben Stiller to do heavyweights. Uh, Avi, tell us about uh, why you wanted to do heavyweights. I remember it being one of my favorite movies and just like, just pure delight. Um, I remember trying to like fashion my life after heavyweights. We'll, we'll get into this. Like when the like, things you remember, like I needed to find a blob. Like, yes. <laughs> the okay. singular oh, thing oh. in my life was finding a blob. And, like, I went to camp and was like, all right, I'm going to get to camp. And, again, we'll probably get to some of these things we remember. But, like, I want to open up pieces of the wall and hide my candy. Like, it was like I just wanted to do everything. And it's one of these movies that, um, Yisha, you made the point where, like, you know, I, I missed the window to show my kids certain types of things, whether it's violence or sex. And, like, this is one where, like, you know, I don't know if I realized it at the time, but it's kind of making fun of fat people a lot. And like, ultimately they're the heroes, but <laughs> yeah, I don't want to show it to my kids. Like there's like a weird feeling. So I'm trying to like figure out when I can do it. Um, so that it, it spoke to me. Okay. That's that. Have you, how recently have you watched it? Uh, 26 years ago. I partially recall it. Oh, nice. Okay. Ooh, nice usage. Um, so here's a fun fact. I think I'm going to have to go first on this one because I've actually never seen this movie. Crazy. Um, it's crazy, but I, I, here's the reason I never saw this movie. Um, I remember when it came out, it was filmed at a camp next door to the camp that I went to. Oh, no way. My summer camp had the blob. The rumor at my summer camp was that they wanted to film it at our camp, but our camp was too good and they wouldn't let them. And so we were like, our camp is so much better than their camp. And so I was like, I'm not going to see that movie. My camp. How could you not want to like that? I, I would have run to the theaters. Like this was filmed next door to my camp. Like, no, but it was like, out. I was like, this film did an inferior camp. Why would I want to go see a bad <laughs> camp? That was my exposure to this movie. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let me do some facts about the movie before we get into our uh, recollections. So, uh, Heavyweights came out February 17th, 1995. Uh, it was directed by Steve Brill, written by Steve Brill and Judd Apatow. I did not know that. That's uh, another wow. connection with Happy Gilmore. Um, Some comedy chops. Yeah. Uh, starring, I'm not going to even name actors because, oh, Keenan Thompson's in it. Uh, Paul uh, Feig, Feig uh, the director, is in it. Oh, Paul Feig. Paul Feig. Yeah, he's uh, another another big comedy yeah. guy. You, you just forgot named... to say Keenan. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Keenan. Um, Keenan Thompson. I said that. Keenan Thompson of Good Burger. Oh, yes. from this era of movies. Right. Um, yes. Correct. Um, but then obviously Ben Stiller, Jerry Stiller is in it, uh, and Jeffrey Tambor's in it. Uh, so that's fun. I didn't remember that. Uh, it has a runtime of a hundred minutes. 
there's no budget listed here, but it made $17.6 million at the box office. So probably not a huge hit. Yeah, not a lot of dollars. Uh, Wait, how many How many dollars did it make? $17.6 million. Well, that's not very many dollars. Not very many. That's, that's quite lightweight. Uh, uh, <laughs> very good. See that. Um, yeah. Let's punch that joke up. So those are the details. Who is Steve Brill? Steve Brill directed and co-wrote Little Nicky. And directed Mr. Deeds. All right. So we're really, we didn't realize how much this was going to segue with uh, Adam Sandler. Um, Without a Paddle, he directed Heavyweights, obviously, uh, and Drill Bit Taylor. And he had Cameo. He directed some movies I think we're going to seize on when we connect later. Yeah. He has cameo roles in all three Mighty Ducks movies. And I think Uh one of the actors here, one of the uh, heavyweights, uh, was a character in, in one of the Mighty Ducks movies. Uh, it was a, a guy who I yeah I just met some of the uh, the Mighty Ducks and the cast of The Sandlot this summer, and that was again movies from this era. That's awesome, a treat. You're gonna have to tell that story. Um, he also appeared in The Wedding Singer and Mr. Deeds. So, all right, so he the, this movie is I didn't realize it's like playing in that like Sandler Apatow pool. Um, so that's cool, Dan. Why don't you start what you think the movie's about? yeah we'll go from there okay so here's what i think the movie is about it's about a bunch of overweight children with i'm sure sensitive nicknames um (laughs) they're definitely not called like chunks in like uh what's what's the uh character in hook uh thud butt uh yeah Yeah. Uh, probably probably just very sensitive names they're sent to a camp for heavy children. Um, and I believe Ben Stiller is a counselor in that camp. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he actually plays, I think a similar character to what he does in happy Gilmore in my mind, where his role is to like get the kids to lose weight. And he is kind of an asshole about it. Uh, and then I bet the kids fight back and then take over the camp. Um, and maybe lose weight. I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure if they end the movie heavyweight or not. I, 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 you know what? I'm going to give the movie the benefit of the doubt. I bet you the end of this movie is affirming message that it is okay to be overweight. That's so, my prediction for the movie. To my recollection, I think you just gave a perfect overview. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on. obviously not not the details, but like that was pretty damn close. I can't remember. Okay, I'm going predi- to predict one joke. So they have the blob thing, which is like the big balloon on the lake, right? Yeah. At one point in the movie, there's going to be a smaller kid on the front of it. A kid is going to jump off and then you're just not going to see the kid that was, that was launched until the end of the movie. They're going to, they're going to fly up. And then at the end of the movie, they're just going to fall into the last scene because they were in space or whatever. Because that's how, that's how high they went because of the heavyweight that launched them. I think that that happens. Don't ruin it for me. I I like that joke. I can't, I think there was also potentially a competition with another camp involved oh yeah um i think they're like they're training to beat another camp but yeah so like uh what's his name um ben, zoolander because he basically plays the zoolander character yeah ben stiller is the total asshole um well, i think he plays more the uh, of- dodgeball character than yeah oh yeah you're right you're right dodgeball yeah. not zoolander correct correct um I you missed one critical part that happens in a lot of these movies where like the parents also have to be total assholes. Like, hey, I want to go to like computer camp or I want to go just a ra- no, you're going to fat camp. 
because you are fat. Mm. And you must- I didn't, you know, I didn't take a guess at the different stereotypes that the kids fit into. Uh, there's probably a nerdy kid. There's probably like a suave kid. Uh, and then there's just a kid who loves cake. I'm sure there's one kid who's like, cake is my favorite. And they all go crazy. Well, you mentioned candy. I bet you they all go crazy for candy. in this. Oh, they love candy <laughs> and love hiding candy. Yeah. Honestly, that's pretty accurate. I have a two-year-old only, but I... <laughs> In my experience, it's pretty accurate. Kids love candy. That's a, a real a real revelation. So, in, in fact, a mere half hour ago, my son was sitting in my office eating ice cream, finished, and then was like, can I have that chocolate over there? <laughs> no, you cannot have that chocolate over there. You still have ice cream on your face. Uh, that's funny. Um, I'm pretty sure a critical point of this movie also is that uh, Ben Stiller is a former fat kid. And so like, correct. Yeah. So like he, as a former fat kid, who's now like a fitness guru, uh, is that like, he takes it personally that like these kids like don't want to like self-improve and he's like really mean to them about it because he has like, like, he's not just like an asshole for asshole's sake. Like he wants them to like change like he did. Is that literally his dodgeball character? Similar. Well, what what movie? Jim and Dodgeball. Is it the end of Dodgeball where he gets really fat? Yes. Yes, he does. He's eating a bucket of chicken at the end. I believe. I believe he owns a gym, and his whole thing is, "I used to be fat, and I want every like." It's literally the adult. This might yeah. Dodgeball might be ten years later. Yeah, I think it's a good. I think it's pretty similar. I think there's like a, a a genre of Ben Stiller characters where he plays like a real asshole. Oh. Some good ice, good looking ice cream. Rock props. Avi mentioned ice cream. He'll <laughs> yeah. disappeared off the screen for thirty seconds while I was talking about Ben Stiller, and is now literally eating uh, a cone of ice. Cream. Cornetto, baby. British ice cream. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, but Ben Stiller, like watching Happy Gilmore and then Heavyweights and uh, like Dodgeball, like he there's like a, a genre of characters he plays where he's just like a really terrible person. He does it very well. Um, he's right. Th- this one's an extra level cause it's the kids. Yeah. And it's the, it's the, um, you know, the other cliche where everybody gets off the bus and he's smiling and you know, this is going to be a great summer kids. And then like the door closed and he's like, all right, here we go. Yeah. So, all right. So I'll just, I'll try to fill in a couple more things. Cause I think Avi, you might remember it best. So, the kids come to camp. They're obviously like not happy about it, but then they like get to like know each other. And realize- so I, I think, I think a couple of them, sorry to interrupt you are, they're like, this is my fifth year here. We don't lose any weight. And Ben Stiller's new. He just bought the camp. Oh. So like they were used to coming in and like, I think you're right. Hamming it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that's the thing is like the kids are like, our parents are hamming it up. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I think that's right. There's like a there's like a thing with the kids of like, yeah, like oh right, because there was like an old nice owner, and so like they would be like, Correct. He's our parents it. think we're like losing weight, but like the owner just like wants us to have fun and like we're gonna have a great time. And then Ben Stiller shows up, and they're miserable. And then but like they to your I think Dan to your point about like I think there's like different types. I think they're all kind of similar types. Like they're all in a similar situation where like they're all overweight and they're all like pretty good natured and they just want to have fun. And then Ben still, and so like they decide to like team up against Ben Stiller. And I think, right. 
there is, and it's told through the perspective of the new kid, I believe. So, like the new kid, it's his first year here, and everybody's getting him psyched on the bus. Like, we got all this candy. This is like going to be a great experience. So maybe there, I was wrong about them being forced to go there. He was forced to go there. Maybe is there a sequence before they go to camp, like where you meet the, where you see the new kid, like in his home environment? I don't remember that much. Great question. I don't remember. Okay. Um, I don't recall that piece of it. Um, I'm going to guess that there is, and that what happens is he is like he gets like stuck in some small space and he can't get out. And his parents are like, "You've got to lose weight." And that's why he ends up at the camp. That's my prediction. I like how you could that or it's like some reassuring, like, you're going to love it here. It's about positivity and nature. And his response is, it's fat camp. Yeah. Is my guess slash kind of feel like I remember that. Yeah. Um, you can hear the ice cream in, in Dan's mouth. <laughs> I apologize for literally chewing on Mike. I'm literally, I've just tried to make this episode as hard as possible for you, Jack <laughs> Um I do feel like there is. Oh, so let's contextualize the blob. We in... definitely meet the kid outside of camp. I haven't seen the movie. I feel like you definitely meet him outside of the camp. So I remember there's a scene. I don't, I, I couldn't tell you that. I remember there's a scene where the kid who hides the candy, uh, once the camp gets like really, the, once the kids realize like how how strict Ben Stiller is, the kids are like a little scared. But there's one kid who like can't stop eating candy, so like he keeps. <laughs> I predicted that. So like he he gets caught with the candy, even though they're like no, like and then, but he like basically all the kids like ditch their stash and are too scared to like do this. But this kid in the middle of the night like. He can't help himself. And Ben Stiller catches him and is like really horrible to him or like makes him like yes. run a bunch of miles or something. And like, so I remember that being like a, a thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. There, there's also, and I was wondering if this was going to happen during the episode. Cause I had, I was dying to do some research on the movie and I have not. And I was like, I wonder if we start talking about it, if things will start flooding back. Yeah. And it just hit me. The, the first scene or one of the first scenes, they're at their house and the new kid is watching a video of the camp. And that's where the blob is because Ben Stiller is such an asshole that one of the things that they do is he goes up to the blob and pops it. Wow. And it was like, I can't believe you popped the blob. And they don't get to use it that summer. But on the video, like the TV turns off like the old school, like the picture goes, picture goes to the center and he's like, isn't that going to be awesome, son? You're going to go to this camp and Ben Stiller might even be there like smiling through a mustache at that point. I don't think he has a mustache in this movie. I might be mixing I, up I my... I think in Happy Gilmore he does, but I don't think he has a movie. mustache. Can I... Have you ever been on a blob? Did you achieve your your life goal, Avi? I have never been on a blob. Mm. I have not. Yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, you guys are deprived. I have been. It's great. You've been like full full sent into the air by someone. Were you the blob or the blobby? When, when, both. You have to do both. So the way it works, when I was when I was a kid, I was very small. I mean, I was tall, but I weighed like five pounds. Uh, I looked like a bird because it was the 90s and I wore giant t-shirts. And then like I had these little teeny stick legs that stuck out of it, you know? Um, and so I, the way you would do it is you'd wait online and the person behind you would be the one who launched you and you would launch the person in front of you in line, right? You just roll to the end of it. I had a counselor who was an offensive lineman for the Florida Gators. <laughs> Oh my you, God. I want to do this with you. So it was like, oh, okay, sure, Brad. And then like we went and 
I went up and I like launched the person in front of me and like they just roll, they they rolled off. Very yeah. far. They like just slid off when I just, and then I jumped to the end and like I like launched out into the lake and I was like I'm never doing that again. I was like this scares. Yeah. I, I know he's a defensive nose tackle, but I'm imagining Vince Wilfork on the other side of your blob. <laughs> no, then I would be the joke. I would like land in Yishai's apartment right now, right. <laughs> North Carolina, all the way to New York City. I feel yeah. I mean, you see these like videos of people like getting like totally launched off those things. I know I'm like kind of a baby about this stuff, but it seems really scary, right? Because your your body is not oriented towards seeing where you're going to land. So you're like, right? There's a lot of arm sailing, yeah. and you, when you hit yeah, the water, when you, the when you hit the water, I imagine it it's probably pretty painful. Nah, I mean, I was scared that one time because the person like probably weighed like six times my weight. It should not have been allowed, is what I'm saying. Anyway, I, I, can I float a theory uh, yeah. about as th- like we're talking about things coming back? I'm now thinking that the fat camp was not a like a rehab fat camp. It was a place for fat kids to like have a sense of community because they're probably like bullied all year round. So I don't think the parents mm-hmm. were sending them there to like make them lose weight. I think it was just a camp where it's like here's a camp where you can be yourself. And that's what the camp was about. And that's why the kids all loved it. I Meaning I don't think they were like circumventing the rules. I don't I think the rules were like, come have fun. Like you're 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 welcome here. You're no different than anyone else. And that was like the appeal of it. And then Ben Stiller, as a former fat kid, decides to turn it into like a fat boot camp. So the the only reason why I'm gonna take the opposite side of that is because they already had their hollowed out bedposts ready to stuff their candy. Um, and I think that's anti-positivity. Or maybe it's just they wanted so, excessive candy. So, so another thing I will say, in my experience, we were not allowed to have candy at camp either. Mm-hmm. And, and we did camp. hide candy. No, it was regular camp. But we did oh. hide candy. And we would have like candy parties like late at night where we would just overdose on candy. So it's it's also sort of just a camp thing. I was, it's possible that it was a great camp. When I was a camper, I uh, intentionally put uh, – M&Ms into my friend's white underwear in his uh, cubby so that it, when it got hot, then they all <laughs> melted. <laughs> his underwear was like all colorful. Uh, so you're saying that the M&M slogan of melts in your mouth, not in your hands, doesn't extend to your underpants? Right. In a hot summer uh, camp. Yeah, melts in your mouth and in your pants. <laughs> yeah. that, that, with all the M&M controversy, maybe we can have them add that to their slogan. Yeah. <laughs> Oh right, <laughs> melts in your pants. <laughs> melts in your mouth and in your pants. Um, is there a competition mm. with another camp? Who said that? I think there is, and I'm I'm not sure if it's an all girls camp or it's just like the jock camp across the lake. I think that's what it is, right? Is it like a color war situation? Is it like a prank? Well, war? So again, I think it's it's the kind of thing where the the fat. <sighs> Just a disclaimer to the listener. When I say the fat kids, I'm not trying to uh, be derogatory. It's just shorthand for the premise of this movie. Um, I think in my now uh, idea of the movie where like it was a fun place and they and it, like I think they always played these kids and it was like a joke to them. Like they didn't care. And like the the, right. the jocks always like crushed them. But like they they were and then Ben Stiller is like we're not losing to them. And I think like that's why he like tries to like whip them into shape. That's, that, that's what I think also. But I also could be confusing this with Captain Underpants, which which my kids watch all the time. And that is definitely the 
the theme to the movie. It's like, hey, we want to be lazy, and the other kids are going to like beat us in building a boat. Okay. So we could have a heavyweights Captain Underpants crossover going on. Does Captain Underpants have M&Ms in his underpants? Yes, I was going to say. What color uh, are his underpants? underwear and he loves eating as well so i'm gonna go with yes yeah, there you go and then he's probably yeah, like these are it. not supposed to melt in my underwear <laughs> yeah, correct only in my mouth <laughs> those brown spots are m&ms <laughs> they weren't supposed to melt i was lied to um so yeah i mean i think that's like i think that's like and so I, i'm guessing actually jeffrey tambor is like the benevolent old yeah, original owner owner yeah um, and I think they try to bring him back. Like the kids might be like, how do we like send up the bat signal to bring back the old guy or the old, cu- I think it might be an old couple. Oh, like get them back in here. Yeah. Unsell the camp. Yeah. There's like bits that are coming back to me now about like what, like the bunkhouse would look yeah. like, um, like what the camp looked like. Uh, I'm trying to think. So one of the kids is Goldberg, right? I the believe it's Goldberg. The yeah. Mighty Ducks. Um, and then there's like another like blonde kid who has like the 90s like hair part. Uh, I think he's the main kid. Um, the the main kid has like, I, I believe he's like very sloppily hair. Like he's quite slovenly. Yeah. Um, he's, That's yeah. the vocabulary word for the podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Any Anything else in the plot? recap I do they remember... win the competition with the other camp do they beat ben stiller so yeah they definitely defeat ben stiller uh, <laughs> i like the movie has a happy ending the movie is not like yeah and... then they lost the weight and ben stiller was right <laughs> like like they they i'm pretty sure they like uh like booby trap like i think he makes them like okay here's the thing that's come back to me so he makes them like take these like runs through the woods to like yes i'm pretty sure they like set up some kind of thing where like they like tie him to a tree like they really like uh uh like torture him (laughs) like right first they have the montage of him doing the training by himself like 4 30 in the morning and then he takes everybody on like his same workout routine yeah i just want to point out this is you guys are basically describing the Camp Krusty episode of The Simpsons, <laughs> which did come out four years before this movie. Interesting. I mean, was it credited? I, don't, I mean, I doubt it. I uh, but it's literally the plot. Like, yeah, there is a whole subplot of the Camp Krusty episode of The Simpsons where Martin Prince is sent to the fat camp parks. And his parents are like, you're going to this great camp. And he's like, it's fat camp for daddy's little secret. Like, <laughs> like, you basically it, saw the movie also. You're uh, an yeah. active third. Uh, so I predict Martin Prince will show up in this episode, in this movie, I mean. Um, should we watch? Should we look at the poster? Yeah. So I there, there's one, one more piece that I, I recall that I can't remember if it's just a quick vignette or it's important. Where like Ben Stiller locks the the um, the lunchroom, like where they all eat, and there there might be some sort of like ninja sequence where they like break in through the window. Mm, now you're thinking and then of that's where they like ninjas. Great movie, yeah, that is definitely coming. Fantastic up on this, movie. On this Hold, holds up. Saw it recently. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, I don't think. At this moment in time, I have any other 
recollections. Should we look at the picture? Yep. Are we looking at the same one? That's just it. The, the four kids holding the, the hoagie sandwich. Yeah. Though it looks like oh, a hoagie. Yeah, I guess I was thinking it looks kind of like a hot dog on its side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, th- I see a cheese minute. and relish hot dog. Oh, that's relish. I'm like, why would there be lettuce in a hot dog? Yeah, it's definitely yeah. relish. That's why I thought it says they have never met a hot dog they didn't like until now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wait, there you go. We're looking for it at a different poster then. I don't see that. Well, I just sent the poster. Oh, all right. I'm looking at the one that I pulled up. Sorry. But the one that you and pulled yeah, up doesn't from the work. creators of the Mighty Ducks, leaning on the Mighty Ducks. Originalfilmart.co.uk. Oh, the one you sent says hilarious, filled with nonstop laughs. Yeah, well, there's a different uh, tagline. Um, pound for pound, the year's most triumphant comedy. Yeah. Uh, so there's actually, a, there's two differences between those posters. One is in the, okay, so I'll describe the posters for the listener because they're not looking at the pictures. In the poster that me, I, can I can only see one. With the image that works. Um, there are four children. They're wearing uh, very 90s jean shorts. Oh my um, God, those are great. And like different shirts, and they're holding up um, a hot dog sort of on its side, covered with cheese sauce and relish. But the the hot dog part is replaced with a person who isn't Ben Stiller, which no, is what I don't I know who that is. I don't know who that is. No idea. Um, some guy, um, and then just sort of just a blue sky behind them, and, and they're holding. It's a giant hot dog. It's like it's four kids long. Uh, basically it says from the creator of the mighty ducks they don't run the fastest they don't jump the highest but they sure are getting the last laugh and then underneath the title of the movie heavyweights it says they never met a hot dog they didn't like until now yeah and in the one that ishai sent that doesn't work but i have been able to find separately because i'm so good at googling things (laughs) um it says underneath Pound for pound, the year's most triumphant comedy. And it says hilarious on top. The biggest difference is in that poster, the kids are all wearing like a camp uniform that's like badly photoshopped onto their bodies. Right. And Ben Stiller's on the side of it with his rucksack. Wait, really? Even a different one. Oh, yeah. It's a different one? Hold on. Yeah. I'm going to put, I'm going to share this one with you guys. Um, And in this one, it's like the guy in the thing is also wearing a camp counselor uniform. They're wearing these like yellow camp uniforms. Yeah. Um, so the kids again, like look badly photoshopped. Yes. If you look like their hands aren't holding them, they're just like a fingertip is touching it. Yeah. But the shirts, they're also just clearly not on their right. body. These yellow Can shirts. I suggest why it's badly photoshopped? Because photo- it's bad Photoshop? Because Photoshop was not a thing, maybe, at the time. Superimposed. Uh, Cutting. To go back to the note yeah. bit. Uh, they superimposed him. Um, yeah, the guy's hat in the hot dog in the one where they're wearing uniforms is defying gravity. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but the thing I will say is, what's clear in that poster is you can see the name of the camp. It's called Camp Hope. Yeah. So, yes. I, I think, again, a giveaway that initially it's supposed to be like positivity positivity thing yeah um uh let's see if we can find the vhs well hold on i first of all i sent the vhs is the poster bringing anything back yeah well so i'm pretty sure the kid on the left is the the new kid the main kid yes the white you mean mean the white kid 
the the white kid is the one who's going to be the main character in this there's, movie. There's a second white yes. kid. <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell because of the aforementioned bad Photoshop. Um, he's less slovenly than I had in my head. Yeah, so he's the new kid. I don't remember the uh, maybe the kid next to him is the kid with the candy. Um, although I don't think so. And then Keenan Thompson and Goldberg are the other two uh, kids. And I've Keenan Thompson, who looks exactly like he does now, just taller. In he he's like Benjamin Button. You're saying he he's getting just crazy shorter in in as he gets older. He's buttoning. <laughs> Um, all right. I sent the VHS box. You didn't get it? No, I did. I did. Should I read this one? I got that one. Um, okay. So the back of the box, I assume the front of the box is the image we just described. Yeah. The back of the box says a no holds, it says no holds barred fun, according to the New York well, Times. Well, it says no holds barred, and then a lot of words in between. And then they <laughs> You're fun. right. It could say not so much before fun. Yeah. We don't right. know. No holds barred, but some of them should have been. This movie's no fun. But yeah. they cut out that middle part. Um, okay, then it says they came, they saw, they conquered, dot, 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 and consumed. Yikes. I would have just gone with they came, they saw, they consumed. Um, okay. From the creator of The Mighty Ducks comes Heavyweights, a comedy of enormous proportions. Yikes. Love that. It's the hilarious story of a group of underdog kids who discover their beloved summer camp has been sold to a crazy fitness fanatic who's determined to make their lives miserable. So you should, it sounds like you were right. The new owner plans to keep the boys huffing and puffing, but these, <laughs> <laughs> but these, but these, you breath. but these hungry kids, <laughs> this is so offensive. <laughs> okay. The new owner plans to keep the boys huffing and puffing, but these hungry kids have a plan of their own. They unite to turn the tables, take back their woodsy hideaway, and challenge the rival camp to the most outrageous summer games of all. Yes, that's You'll right. laugh out loud with these heavyweights. They're big, loud, and proud, and ready to win their way into your heart. So, I'm going to make a prediction. The reason there is a competition with the other camp is that they tell Ben Stiller, we don't need to lose weight. We can beat those other kids at their own game or whatever. Right? It's like, we don't need to lose weight to be great. I think that's not good. I, I, there I, is. I, and they, they also, what's coming back to me after, so the on the back of the box, there's a picture of the go-karts, which that came flooding back, obviously, because that looks so, like so much fun. And in the competition, in like the part of the movie where you're like, oh, there's more to life than just being fit. It's like, they're crushing the preppy kids in things like puzzles and math. And like, you know, I I, I think there's like a, a chalkboard scene where like one of the kids like runs in his own way up into the and like solves a problem. And like there's some dude dressed as Albert Einstein with a fake mustache um, <laughs> who's like giving them the questions. Um, and then I also believe there's a really hot like other counselor from the other camp who's like the foil to Ben Stiller. And she's like, oh, aren't these kids wonderful? Oh, interesting. You know, and ben we're in the competition. Ben Stiller like trying to like, like get with her and he's very off-putting. I don't remember that part, but like she's, you know, dressed like she'd be going to teach third period science, but like she's in upstate Pennsylvania or something. It's a little bit out of place. 
I think. All right. Uh, I think that's right. Now I'm remembering the 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 comp like that sounds right. Unless I'm like confusing it with like Billy Madison, but like the the academics uh, portion of it. Oh, am I confusing it with Billy Madison? Oh, I don't know. I'm just saying. It, it, everyone. The weird thing about the academics part of this is that everyone knows the best part about going to summer camp is that it didn't have academics. Right. Uh, Correct. Uh, I think that so, I think that is right, uh, Dan. Or I think that's a good prediction that. They say if we can beat these kids, we obviously don't need to be on your boot. We don't need to lose weight to be great. You have to leave. Um, Yeah. All right. What would be the modern version of this movie? So obviously, I struggled to read the box because of how tasteful and wonderful it was. But (laughs) what would be the modern version? Like, if they were making this now, would it be about like one of those like gay conversion camps? Would it be like? an onastic camp where it's like they send the kids to get them to stop masturbating all the time. Like, <laughs> yes. What would be the advice? Right. Gay, it wouldn't be gay conversion camp because that you need like really sinister parents to send someone to that. Whereas like, you know, the stop masturbating one, is just like, you're not going to have distractions <laughs> around you. You, you combine this movie with that movie. Um, that Josh Hartnett movie was it 40 days. Oh yes. yes. Like, I'm not going to have sex for 40 days or whatever. That would be a fun movie. Is that that was a premise? Or or not? I mean, maybe not kids. That could get weird, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, you creep. Yeah. Uh, all right. What I'm saying is, I want to see them not have sex. Oh, God, I'm not being it. a creep. <laughs> e- oh boy. Uh, okay. Uh, should we watch the train? <laughs> all right. Here we go. I want to point something out. That was awesome. I like that this movie's like, oh, you thought we were just going to be insensitive about overweight kids? They're also <laughs> going to dress up in Native American. This is going to be an Apache event, okay? You're all going to dress. This is just. This is 1995. I'm, I'm excited to put this on Disney time. Plus and see the disclaimers that are attached <laughs> to this movie. Um, yeah, that's funny. Uh, all right, Avi. First of all, the Einstein thing. Great pull. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Uh, what a trailer! Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, really uh, great. I also like it continues the trend of the '90s movies from for children involving electrocuting someone because I did see Ben Stiller get electrocuted yeah. in this movie. Uh, classic. So I was bit. right that they uh, kidnapped and tortured him. Uh, yes, they did. And now that I see the preview, I think there's also a scene where he's like huddled up in the corner, like he hasn't eaten in four days and is sweating and like, <laughs> like. 
like Oliver Twist, like, can you pass me a little a mini Snickers bar? Or oh, something? and then they were like, oh, but you can't like eat candy or something. Like you're probably like something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. Um yeah, okay. And oh, so I was right, obviously, that it was like embracing a camp for embracing being fat. So here's a, a question, or I would like to get each of your takes. Like, I think at the heart of the premise of this movie, it's supposed to be like fat shaming people is bad and you know, overweight people are just like you and I. Do you think that it accomplishes that or do you think that it fails and uh, there's way more like generalizations and bad vibes towards overweight people? <laughs> I, I will say yes and no. <laughs> yes, because I think in the end of the movie, like they're all dancing with the with the all girls camp when the uh, the oh yeah, you were all talking about the all girls camp. Kids aren't. Isha, I just want to point out that these hungry kids have a well, plan. Of well, yeah, but again, that's that's the <laughs> the market right? Though. Like Judd Apatow and uh, Steve Brill wrote the movie. They didn't write the back of the box, right? That's like another guy. So again, I'm kind of wait. It says here at the bottom by Steve Brill and Judd Apatow. Huh? This, yeah, yeah. They wrote the back of the box. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I'm wondering. Like, if the framing of the movie. It just it feels like is it do you think it's like it definitely is because Ben Stiller is made to be a buffoon yeah the whole time. I mean, I think it's even the, the German much. guy who's weighing them, it's like yeah, yeah. You could be this German guy who's got his hair slicked back, or you could be the kids who are having fun with their lives. I like that they all cheer when he's like, "You're the yeah. fattest kid in the camp." And I'm like, yeah. Why does the why do you think the German guy works in that camp in the in the good times? I think he's part of. Ben Stiller's dodgeball team 10 years later. I don't think that that's the good times. Yes. I think that that's like, yeah, yeah, to look yeah, like yeah. it's the good time. The kids all celebrate, but I think that oh, guy is maybe. agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Uh, but anyway, I guess it's like, right. It feels like very much in the tradition, obviously, of Mighty Ducks is the same guy of like a bunch of scrappy at first glance shouldn't be good at stuff kids band together to be good at stuff. So, like, I think it's supposed to be a positive message obviously i'm sure there's a lot of insensitive fat jokes within the movie but i think and that's the thing is like it feels like this was a time where you could like try to be positive about something but also still like make jokes about it at the same time whereas now i feel like there's a lot more sensitivity towards it i actually just listened to a a podcast yesterday and they were talking about um uh (laughs) Malcolm Gladwell's uh, uh, Outliers and how it came out in like 2008 or whatever. But it was like, he makes these like crazy, like sweeping generalizations about like Asians and math and stuff like that. And they were, and so they were saying like, it was published in 2008. And if you think about 2008, it was like when Obama was elected president and we're like, oh, we've solved racism. And now we can like talk, like make jokes and make a generalization. you know, we didn't solve racism. <clears throat> yeah. And so like, and they're like, now we're like walking a lot of that stuff back. But there was a moment in time where like, we thought since we were like post this stuff, you could like make these generalizations and like, anyway, so like, yeah, I think like in the nineties, you could be trying to send a positive message about being overweight. Like it's okay to be overweight and also make a ton of fat jokes in the process. Whereas now I think it would be a much tighter line to tread 
Yeah, I'm very curious to see how this movie holds up in that exact way. Uh, although I will say, good trailer. I'm excited to watch yeah. it. Yeah, and I I hope there's a director's cut that I can find because I would love to know the backstory about how that English kid made his way to wherever this camp is. Like he just randomly North has Carolina. an accent. I also want to point North. out most of my counselors in my camp were British. Really interesting. All right, North Carolina. They had like a program where they would like fly over these British counselors. I no idea why any of this happened, but it did. I think for the second half of the episode, you should research as much as you can about your old camp and bring some of that uh, to sure. us. That'd be cool. I will just remember having gone to camp. I will do a partial recall episode <laughs> on camp. Yeah, Avi, what did you give this movie? Like when you saw this movie as a kid, what score would you have given it out of 10? It was, it was perfect. It was a perfect movie when I was a kid. Um, I remember you watching like it. Oh, yeah. it a 12 out of 10. Correct. I, you know, I, I don't want to be the guy who comes in and gives a movie an 11 D out of 10, but I yeah, remember but you do want to break the scale for this movie specifically. I know. I will stay on the scale. I, and I'm saying oh, I at the say, time, it's a uh, clever uh, pun and you guys aren't giving I'll me credit. The scale. I, I did right too. Over I thought you were just referencing yep. Megan giving Rocky oh. a 12 out of 10. Uh, me too. That's what I thought was going on. Yeah. No, that was you a really perfectly... great break the scale joke. Perfect for heavyweights. You wrote the back of the box. Yeah. 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 You guys are dead weight. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, wait, Avi, wait, what, in what context okay, do you wait, remember watching right, this movie? Because I remember uh, uh, it was a birthday party sleepover. That's where I watched it for the first time. It was, it was that kind of movie for me. I don't remember seeing this in the theaters. I might have. I was nine when it came out. So, like, it was very possibly a, uh, a movie. Oh, actually, I don't know when in 19, yeah. what do you say, 1995. I don't know when in 95 it came out. Um, so I was either eight or nine, which would have been like a good time to see it in theaters. But I yeah. remember it as a birthday party movie, a la where I saw Jumanji. You know, I didn't see that one in theaters, but I remember like yeah. sitting on the floor of my living room watching that movie. I know for certain I've seen this movie more than 10 times, you know, wow. at that point in my life, um, which would which would have been 10 nice. separate trips to Blockbuster. So. You know, that that is the amount of effort that went into me seeing heavyweights because like you, it had everything I wanted in a movie as a eight to twelve year old. You like walked into Blockbuster like, oh, it's the heavyweights kid again. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of the box. No, they were like, We have your film right yeah. here. Just, <laughs> um Yeah, uh, I definitely remember this being like a, a birthday party sleepover. So that was like a thing we did, like from ages like eight to eleven. Like we would rent a VHS and your parents would like pop popcorn and there'd be a bunch of sleeping bags yeah. on the living room floor. You'd order pizza. Yeah. You guys aren't from yeah. New York, so you probably had like, I don't know, whatever they have in California and Philadelphia. A pizza works. Cheesesteaks. Kosher cheesesteaks. Los Angeles, well known for its cheesesteaks. <laughs> Philadelphia, come on. <laughs> the come Philadelphia on. part. Right. Yeah, yeah. You have fish tacos. Yeah. Sushi. <laughs> salads bad pizza um yeah so that was like uh, people would bring their sleeping bags uh at one of at my own birthday party i don't know if i ever said this on the previous episode at my own birthday party i can't remember what movie we were watching but i uh i got like a migraine headache and ran up the stairs and then vomited on the floor and then uh went to sleep and my friends finished the movie and had the sleepover like by themselves (laughs) You were a buzzkill. <laughs> yeah, it was a bummer. Basically, you say you're describing me at my bachelor party. Um, that was fun. Where I went to sleep before everyone else. Yeah, I was not happy about that. Um, 
right. trying yeah. to get you back out of bed and you were not you were not having it. Uh, all right, so Abby, uh, okay, sorry. So you so at a birthday time, party, Abby, you saw it a million times. Yeah, at the time you thought so, it was a perfect movie, what do you think you're going to give it now? I can't see myself giving it lower than a nine and a half out of ten. I just can't. You know, there might be some insensitive stuff. Spoiler alert, I'm not as sensitive to that um, as other people on this podcast might be. Um, you know. We're just trying not to get I will try not to laugh. That's fair. That's fair. So we're just trying not to get canceled. Correct. Correct. No. Yeah. It was. I remember it being so good, and that trailer was so perfect. The trailer like, had it, really good energy. I'm excited yeah. for a kids movie with like genuine kid energy, as opposed to like the kids movies now, which are like sometimes they're good movies, but they're like good adult movies, and I'm like I don't right. see like the bizarre kid logic here because I feel like you've made a good movie that makes sense, you know? And like the movies when we were kids, they were just like, here's kid logic and you're a kid. So you like it. Like yes, he just right. uses a computer to make a check and it works. Correct. Blank check is to be Mr. Kid logic. And a million dollars can buy him a castle. And it's like in this economy, <laughs> come on. <laughs> they say well, that <laughs> movies today have to be a little bit more like legit. I'm, I'm going to predict I'm giving, giving this movie a nine. Ooh. Classic. Nice. I, I give every movie a nine as a prediction, basically. I, I predict I will give this movie a nine. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not far off. I, between eight and a nine. I think it, as far as like the sensitivity stuff goes, unless it's like a nightmare. And I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> right. Uh, could be something. I will like forgive it for being of that time. Like we've, we've – times have changed and at that time – it was not a thing that was like a big deal. So I'm not going to hold it against it uh, for that. And I also think that it is in the perfect spot of like, I partially recall it in such a way that a lot of stuff will be coming during the movie, which I think will be really exciting. Uh, so right. I, if you, if you come a lot during the movie, you have to give it a 10. <laughs> <laughs> you should put that in the official partial recall by laws. <laughs> Um, you know where I think this is actually going to uh, sit is uh, both in the way that we were uh, talking about it in this first half and in the way I'm going to watch it uh, uh, home in the, uh, in the Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. I think it's like similar to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids where like the more I talked about it, the more it came out. And then when I watch it, the more I'm yeah. going to see, the more I'm going to remember. Um, so I'm excited about it. Yeah. You know what? I'll just, I'll, I'll put a nine too. So we're all, we're all in the nine uh, zone. Uh, yeah, we're prepared to be so disappointed <laughs> in the second half. Uh, so actually, I have a question. Who are you going to watch with? Uh, I'm definitely going to watch with my wife. Um, as we were watching the the trailer, I was debating whether I watch it the first time with my boys or I watch it first to make sure that like – Again, there, there's a, a, a weird differentiating line of when I was 11 versus what I want to show my 11-year-old. Like, you know, so probably with Charlotte first and then they'll watch it after. I want to explore that line in the second half of this episode. Just I want to dig into like what that is. And then maybe, maybe use this movie to discuss like which parts would be something you wouldn't want them to see or not. Because I'm very curious about that. Maybe who are you watching with? I might show this to my kids. We watched like a 
the big green and like mighty ducks. And I feel oh, like this is like so good. The same kind of movie. So I think this is like one I actually I, I want to do like a, a family movie night for this. The issue with our family movie nights, we we uh we did family movie night for a really long time, either Saturday night or Sunday night. And uh now my kids don't want to anymore. Like my daughter wants to like be on her phone and my son wants to like be playing Minecraft. And I'm like, why don't we just one night a week I'll watch a movie? And it's getting increasingly difficult to do that, uh, which is bumming me out. But they all uh all know about the podcast. So if I tell them it's for the podcast, then then they're they might be more up for it. Partial recall, bringing families together. Yeah. Yes, I, I would do. like if if I can if I watch it the first time, I will immediately go the second night to watch it with my kids. And then I will br- I'm gonna bring their scores if uh if I deem yes. that they can watch it. Um yes. Daniel, I assume you're not going to show your two-year-old this movie. Or you're even if she watches it with you, she's not going to have an opinion about it. Well, she does like movies. I mean, I think I mentioned in one of the episodes, like she's obsessed with Wally now. It's uh, a good-looking like, movie. When she watches Wally, she I mean, she just spends the whole movie going, "Where's Polly?" Because she thinks his name is Polly. But... There's an overweight connection with Wally. There is. Right? That's right. With the chair. Oh, that's true. That's true. She might be like, is this Wally? Where's <laughs> yeah. Wally? She might genuinely ask me, where's Polly the whole movie? Um, and I'd have to be like, no, that's a different, he's in a different movie. And then she'll say, I want to watch Cinderella showering because she has weird tastes. Um, <laughs> what are you showing her? There's a sequence, there's a sequence in Cinderella where, where the birds like ring a sponge over Cinderella's head. And she's like, what are they doing? And I'm like, oh, Cinderella's taking a shower. And then that's the only part of the movie she wants to watch. We watch like, we it's it's two seconds. And we watch like that minute of the movie. She's like, I want to watch Cinderella showering. And I'm like, oh my God, this is, I have to just keep her watching. I'm and glad you clarified that because point. you've been pretty open about wanting to show your daughter stuff that I didn't deem appropriate. So like, if it's like, yeah, like I found a great YouTube video of Cinderella in the shower. <laughs> yeah. um, that's a good, that's a good clarification. So no, I don't think she'll get a ton out of this movie. We did show her the live action 101 Dalmatians and she did like it, but it's got dogs in it. So it's a little different. But it does have a, a um, like a Ben Stiller-esque villain. Meaning I, it, if you showed her that and there was like uh, Glenn Clark. Oh, she wouldn't be she wouldn't be scared of this yeah. movie. I'm just more I don't think she'd be right. very interested. Um Megan might Megan might watch. Oh, she'll love it. This is gonna be your first time watching it. It's my first time. I think she has seen it. But maybe okay. if I maybe if I hook her into the North Carolina elements, because the movie is filmed in North Carolina, she's from North Carolina, like doxing your wife. Home pride. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't live in North Carolina now. You don't follow Megan Jet on Twitter. You don't need to know her exact location on our private jet all the time. Uh, topical jokes. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, ban you from this podcast for bringing up. Is it on Disney Plus for you guys? It's on Disney Plus. I right? hope so. Yeah, when I typed in heavy, heavyweights came up, and then a couple other things, and then blank check the big green. Yes, the Mighty Ducks. That is such like uh, we're gonna love. I think our childhood had the best movies. Yeah. Well, um, maybe, but I think we're gonna love this movie. Yeah. I'm excited. I think we're gonna give it a nine. We're gonna go nine, nine, nine and a half. It's gonna be perfect. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, we will go watch it, and we will be back to discuss. Pew pew.
So Avi, in the first half of the episode, you mentioned that you um, met the cast of The Sandlot and the Mighty Ducks this summer, uh, and we said we would revisit it, and we never did. So what, can you tell us the story of uh, what happened there? It was great. I was in Atlantic City for work, and so we were putting on an NFT party, and you know there was a, the, my company's VIP party the next day, so the night before we were going out and having our own party. Um, oh, Yisha, I thought you said We're having our own party. And uh, as we're leaving, uh, quite inebriated as one does in Atlantic City uh, in the evening time with two of my colleagues. And we turned and we're like, oh, man, you guys are the cast of The Sandlot, um, who we didn't, we should have, re- well, we should have realized they were in town to sign stuff. Somebody brought them in because it was a trading card conference. And so we were, we were talking to them. They were inebriated. We were inebriated. And I work on NFTs. And they're like, uh, yo, you know, we launched an NFT product. And I was like, you are looking at the only person who purchased the Boys of Summer NFTs. You do not have to tell me about your NFT project. And they were excited about that. And they invited us on their party bus um, instead of the Uber that we were waiting for. And we drove around Atlantic City with them and then invited them to our VIP party and hung out some more. And then I met the soup Nazi. Don't explain the last part of the story. That's actually nice as like a cliffhanger. <laughs> um, yeah, the soup Nazi will save for another uh, another episode. Um, yeah, I just watched this movie uh, this morning directly before recording this uh, with my daughter who is homesick. I was bummed that I didn't get a chance to watch it with any of my kids. And then she did, did me the favor of... Uh, getting sick last night and watching it with me this morning. Um, so that was fun. Um, yeah. Point of clarification, because I'm new and a guest, do we start out by talking about how much we like this movie? No. So we start with what we got right or <laughs> I'm wrong. Kidding, that, was a joke. that was more of a joke for how much I like this movie. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Okay. I, let's get into it. Yeah. I, I, I think we we took a lot of stabs, right? So I'm trying to think of like the, yeah. the running just, tabs. Of I was kind of right about everything. You were kind of right about everything. Some things, something you got. Okay. You got the general principle first of all, without ever seeing the movie. That was really impressive. Um, I I nailed that it was basically a ripoff of Camp Krusty. Um, remember <laughs> the sequence of this movie where he writes a letter to his grandma and he's like war is hell or whatever. I don't remember the exact lines. Here's the opening to Lisa's letter from Camp Krusty. Dear, dear mom and dad, I no longer fear hell because I have been to Camp Krusty. Oh that God. is like a direct quote from this movie. Uh, I was wrong that they, they, I thought they would all have insensitive nicknames. Right. Well, I, I only, I pulled out three things that you got wrong because you did do such a good job of getting the movie right without seeing it. The blob joke, although that was a, you know, you were just taking a big stab in the dark. Should have happened. Yeah, the insensitive nicknames. um, And then him getting stuck in like a small space, (laughs) (laughs) which was another great (laughs) idea that they did not do. Well, so, but I was right that we do, we do. Okay, so let's let's recap the plot. And as we recap the plot, we can talk through what we got right and wrong. The movie does open with George. Is his name George? Jerry, with a G. G. Um, it opens with Jerry leaving school at the end of the last day. All Plastic of the kids are just holding everywhere. so much paper to throw into <laughs> yeah. the air. Amazing uh, song, by the way. Uh, Closer to Free. 
I remember that song. When the movie opened, that song was playing, and then he was like wearing like a flannel shirt that ended up around his waist, and he was wearing like like airwalks. I was like, oh, yes, take me back there. It was really, uh, really uh, just hit me right in the immaculate end of school vibes yeah. to start the movie. His, his friend was wearing a great T-shirt that just said "Mean People Suck" on it. Yeah, um, I want one of those shirts. Okay, so then. He gets so like on his way home, he does badly at all sorts of things that are either athletic related or well, they're mostly actually just athletic related. Well, I, I would say that missing like he a can't bus throw a baseball to do with uh, your athleticism. That bus took off real quick. True, he misses the bus, but then he can't throw a baseball. Correct, and he's like scared of the dog. And is there anything is else it, that happens? Is it an athletic achievement to not be scared of dogs? Like, obviously okay like, so maybe athletic achievements yeah, is a bad word here the okay? point is like and that was what i was trying to say like i think it's showing that he's like kind of weak right and the, the, i think the point and it's like i made this point in the first half is like he's an example of all the kids who go to this camp where their uh non-summer break lives are not the easiest right and so like they they mm-hmm. use the camp as like an outlet to like be amongst each other and supportive of each other okay so then his dad Jeffrey Tambor, Yisha, you thought Jeffrey Tambor would own the camp. So, uh, right. yes, I noticed that. And then what I realized uh, upon watching it was Jeffrey Tambor is only old now, not 30 years ago. Uh, so that's probably why I was confused. Yeah. Okay. So his parents are there with Tim Blake Nelson. Yeah. Inexplicably. <laughs> um, no, I, I do want to point out this is this is Tim Blake Nelson's fifth film credit. This is fifth acting credit. He's been in a hundred things. So like this is very early in the Tim Blake Nelson career. And, and I, he's literally I, there for no reason. I think I thought that was um uh Yeah, you thought that, that that was Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, yeah, it was not. This guy and this guy gets a pass because he's still under the uh the old regime. Yep. Although he, so then he did like a wink and nod with Jeffrey Tambor, like they were like about to human traffic Jerry. They were like, Yeah, he's into it. <laughs> well, so Jeffrey, so Jeffrey Tambor wants his son to lose weight. Yeah, uh, Avi, you were right that that he would say something like, "I know what this is. It's fat camp." Yeah, he, said he says, that exact "I'm not going to spend line, my basically. summer." He says that line, then he says, "I'm not going to spend my summer with a bunch of loads." <laughs> uh, okay, so they watch the video, and then he's like, "I'm not going to fat camp." And then they show the plane landing, and he's clearly gone to fat camp. He went on the plane by himself, um, which where he meets. Remember Keenan. flying by yourself. Yeah, I used I to fly to camp in North Carolina yeah, by myself. This is literally my life. By myself. Really? It was great. Yeah. I've never flown. Yeah, when I was six years old, I flew to camp in North Carolina by myself. That's really young. Uh, to go to a camp next door to this one. It's literally my life. Did they give you... Except I wasn't fat. Did they give you wings on the plane? Uh, yes. I have All a ton. Time. In my parents' house, I have a ton of like the pins of the wings. Did everybody call you captain uh, in camp? No. They called me monkey because of my gigantic ears, uh, including also my counselors. Camp was great. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, okay. So then we meet Keenan on the plane. He comes over to Jerry. He's like, this camp is cool. I know that you're going to the fat camp because you're fat and I'm fat. Yeah. And there's a fat guy sitting next to him. He thinks it's his dad. <laughs> he's like, I am fat. I am going to the fat camp. It's not my dad. Uh, it's just a random fat guy. Anyway, they get there, they meet the camp, the counselor who's also in the video, 
who was previously a camper. And everybody's insanely nice right yeah. away. It's a theme throughout. Yeah. Like everybody is just even like the cool kid who runs the bunk will get there. Everybody's just cool with each other. It's yeah. Great. My daughter actually said uh, about Goldberg. Uh, I should probably call him by his name in the movie, but I already forgot it, even though I literally turned off the movie 20 minutes ago. Uh, She's like, I thought he was going to be a bully, but he ended up being really nice. I'm like, yeah, there's like, there's none of that. They're very supportive of each other. They're all just nice kids, uh, which I like. They they all make fun of the skinny counselor, (laughs) which Yishai basically predicted because you said it's kind of like, it's a place where the fat kids, everyone's the fat kids, so no one gets right. made fun of. I think you said that. Yeah. I love Paul Feig's um, cut off Panthers jersey that he was wearing on the first day. Yep. Uh, okay. So then, then they have like one day of good camp. And then they meet Ben Stiller's real life parents, Jerry Stiller and Ben Stiller's mom, whose name is. Well, that's real. Know. That's really Jerry Stiller's wife in real life. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, yes, uh, that's yes, yes, um, and they are the they are the owners of the camp, but they had to sell the camp because they went into bankruptcy. And then we we meet Ben Stiller as because of Tony fraud. Perkins. Like it, what he what he says, because you go back, never let anybody else sign your checks. Like, I don't know what that means, but I would love a backstory movie on how they lost their money. To this movie. I, there's a, a lot of amazing one-liners in this movie. I was like writing a bunch of a them lot? down. There were a lot. I thought there were a lot. There of is. It, the, the next great one-liner comes right after. I'll, I'll let you keep going, Dweck, but in, in his intro. Yeah, when his intro, when he talks about his dad, the yes. lighting king of the wherever. I think I wrote that line down. Like so Southern meet, Philadelphia. Yeah, we meet uh, Tony Perkis, um, who comes in and says his dad is the lighting fixture king of wherever. Yeah. And uh, um, he's trying to make a name for himself. And he bought this camp and he's going to help these kids lose weight. This is the main thing we didn't say in the first half is that he intends to use the camp to create an infomercial for a weight loss program called yeah. the Perkis system. It's and great. He's Very nice. The kids as before and afters. Um, then we mostly got it correct. Um, he pops the blob, which you said, Avi, though they do get to use the blob once. Right. I, I um, said they didn't get to, to use him it popping all summer, it. and they get to use it at the end. They also use it in the beginning. They use right, it the right, day before. Yeah. So anyway, he he pops the blob. He cancels lunch. He steals all their candy. Um We got some minor details wrong about how one of the kids gets in trouble. Yeesh, I thought he was the one kid sneaking candy at midnight. They all had hidden candy. They, that kid gets in trouble for making fun of Tony Perkis. Uh, that kid is played by Goldberg. And I forget his name in the movie. Roy? No. It's Roy Keenan's character. He was a... Um, yeah, no, he had a really Jewish name. Hang on. I'll, I'm going to find it. Uh, Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Avraham Rabinowitz. Josh Birnbaum. Josh Birnbaum. I said Avraham yeah. Rabinowitz as a joke. And basically <laughs> the same name. Uh, yeah. Okay. So he gets kicked out for making fun of him. And then he gets brought back because his dad's a lawyer. Great bit where he came back and he pretended he was brainwashed. He yeah. He really put some thought into it. Yeah. Sold it. Um, it awesome. Avi thought, you thought that there was an attractive counselor from the rival camp that was actually an attractive nurse at this from camp, their camp who immediately has a crush on the older counselor or the, the counselor who was formerly a camper. 
How come none of the kids said hello, nurse? Was that was that after oh, this? That, after that this? was Animaniacs, right? Is that what that's from? Yeah, that's that's Animaniacs. Um, right. Okay. So then they have a dance. Tony Perkins organizes a dance with the girls' camp to embarrass the kids. Yeah. So Avi was right about about the dance. I didn't remember. Like I only after the trailer, but Avi predicted that there would be a dance with the girls' camp because I I remember the MVP camp. So I didn't know there were like two different camp. It's coming in here. Yeah, so there's actually three camps. There's Camp MVP who they have a baseball game against and they get crushed. And then there's the girls camp and he brings in the girls camp to embarrass all the, the boys because he thinks the girls will make fun of them. But then the girls, it's just a very typical middle school dance. No one's dancing. And then Puffy gets everyone to dance. And, it's and it turns into good. a great scene. Yep. Then they have a party and then Tony Perkins breaks it up because he's like, this isn't going as I thought. Yeah. And so no more party. But quick, quick to jump back. You just mentioned the softball game. I wrote down a question. How did the team get any outs? How did that softball game ever end? <laughs> they're, they're still playing it. They're yes, still playing softball. I don't see how they ever got to the second inning. Like there was no chance they were getting out camp MVP. Maybe they mercy ruled every inning, like at nine runs. It, they must, it must have been something weird like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then Tony Perkins goes, he goes nuclear and he's like, I'm going to take you all on a 20 mile death well, march. Basically. Because they have the half summer way in and all the kids gained okay. weight. Right. Did you? They all gained weight during the So way. I was watching yeah. this movie uh, in the morning and there was a lot of sun coming in my room. Remember when they caught the kid with the burger and they're like, how are you getting this? And there was like a scene at night. I literally couldn't see anything. Like what happened? But this, this is a, a strange, if I was to pull down points, it'd be because of some story issues. Um, so one of the one of the people on Tony Perkins's staff was an ex camper, right? And he's the one who sells out everybody for their hiding the candy. All of a sudden, he starts supplying the entire camp no, with him cheeseburgers and candy. Wait, it was him. I couldn't yeah. I honestly couldn't even see who it was. It was, it was, it was the same that. guy who just ratted them out, like. Literally 15 minutes ago, like trying to get on Tony Perkins' good side. Well, maybe he felt bad. I guess he must have. Uh, so anyway, so he was providing them all with secret. Okay. So then they have the weigh-in. Then he goes nuclear. He makes them do the, the sort of death march. The counselors are trying to figure out how they're going to prevent him from, how they're going to take back the camp from him. The kids trap him in a hole and then throw yes. him in prison and start to torture him. You should, yeah. as you they, correctly recall. The Lord of the Flies, Tim. And then um, it's parents' day out of the blue, and the counselors pay the videographer who's been filming the infomercial to show to cut together all of the bad footage. They show all of the bad footage to the parents. The parents want Tony Perkins out. He uh, escapes. He escapes from his cell by pretending he has a Hershey kiss. Yeah. Uh, and then shows up and smashes glass and walks across it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then does a, I, I also a, thought there was a scene where like the lunchroom was locked and there was some ninja stuff that's what i think the, I yeah well you were also remembering that the kids do break into his office right yes and they, they like climb in through the window yeah. but they don't really play up the ninja element so then the parents force him out uh and his dad comes in and is like <laughs> which one of you has been here though also played by yes him. important note ben Stiller <laughs> plays his own dad that's great the Lighting King comes in. That's amazing. Tony Perkins is a phenomenal character. Really, really. And good. then, right, in a movie that his actual dad is yeah, in, he plays, he his, plays own his own dad. Wait, speaking of people playing people, you do you notice who the cameraman was, right? The cameraman is the, the caddy from Happy Gilmore. 
it's Alan Covert. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then, then, um, yeah. So then they force him out and then they have the Apache relay relay games against the MVP camp MVP for some reason. Quick question about you. Literally introduced at that moment. They're like, Oh, by the way, we're going to do this now. And then they do it. Yeah. It was, I wrote, I wrote this down. It was introduced one time earlier where Tony Perkis is, they're like, Oh yeah, we lose this every year. And Perkis is like, we're going to win this year, but it was a throwaway line 35 yeah. minutes in. And then they win, but also how do they lose every year? Correct. The, it, it always yeah. involves academics, and the MVP kids are always dumb. Right. So basically, it always comes down. First of all, there's no way the MVP kids could ever pass it. Like, once you don't know what that painting is, you're just stuck it's there forever. the Mona Lisa. <laughs> that but kid then, thinks that Mona Lisa is Cher, which is funny. funny. And then he also got Cher for a vice president. Yes, he did. Yeah. Well, one of the MVP kids, or one of the uh, Camp Hope kids should have been, hey, Perkis, every year we lose the Apache Relay at the go-karts. Because they win the physical stuff, we win the mental stuff, and their go-kart kicks our ass. Right. And then, yes, and then Jerry drives a go-kart for the first time. There's a sort of heartwarming scene where the counselor pushes Jerry on a broken go-kart, and it's it's very nice. That's where the nurse um, falls in love. Yes, that's where the nurse really falls for him. Though she already had her eyes on him. Yes, she did. And, um, yeah, and then, oh, yes, and then, oh, boy. And so they win the Apache Relay, and the counselor, Pat, who's now in charge, says, I'm crazy about you kids, and I'm crazy about my girl. And then the movie freeze frames, and I wrote the words. I just wrote, what? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. And then there is a post-credit scene that is, no, no, there's an even further post-credit scene. Where Ben Stiller is going door to door selling something. Oh, I missed this. Uh, I, missed that I forget. It's all the way at the end of the credits. Ben Stiller is selling stuff. Um, so that's the plot. We we got it pretty right. We missed some. Yeah, the we missed like one major thing. We missed. I think we missed the infomercials, kind of the major thing. Yeah. But can I ask you a question right? about the about the Apache race? Yeah. If Camp Hope is the one who dresses like Native Americans, and Camp MVP are the ones who dress like Greek people. Shouldn't it be called the Greek race because they win every year? Or just like the cultural appropriation race, like call it whatever you want. Right. It didn't need to be a pat. Neither camp has anything about Native Americans in it. it- also, I'm not sure it's technically even a relay. Why? They're handing off the cons. Up to each other, yeah. For the first part. And then they do a bunch of quiz show stuff, and then they have a go-kart race. But the relay from the quiz to the go-kart is passing the quiz. Uh, right. Okay. This is a partial relay, but... All right. I think we've we've ascertained a certain tone as you were uh, recounting the plot of this movie. <laughs> okay. So why don't you give me... What did you guys think of this movie? Well, it seems like you should go first, because... Look, I don't have a nostalgic connection to this movie. I didn't see it. As a movie... It sucks. Like, oh, it, it doesn't hold together. This is There's, a great movie. It, it legitimately doesn't hold together. Uh, it's like the, like the Apache Relay just happens at the end. The Parents' Day just happens. All of that said, all of the like individual moments in the first half of the movie where the kids are like sort of fighting against Tony Perkis 
are really fun. I like the kids. They're winning. All of the Tony Perkins stuff is hilarious. Uh, he's an amazing character. The movie, the, the second half of the movie, when Tony Perkins isn't on screen, is nonsense. It's impossible to follow. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> no, I, moment I, to moment. And so I'm giving this movie a six. It's not oh, very good. That, that's that's tough. It, it is, if you look at it more as like a series of vignettes, I mean, there are some story problems, obviously. <laughs> but like you actually made the point in the first half of the show, you're like, I think it was this episode. Maybe I was listening to an episode. Like you're no, excited to see a movie from like the viewpoint, like a true kids movie from like the viewpoint of a kid. And yeah, maybe but I there think is that, some nostalgia in that. Like none of that mattered necessarily. But I think the problem is that this is legitimately just like two totally different movies. And and actually, I, I do want to drop this bombshell here. Remember, in the first half, we read the quote on the box. No holds bar, dot, 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 fun, exclamation mark. Yeah. And we were like, oh, that dot, dot, dot's doing a lot of work. I'm going to read you that, oh, that no. paragraph from the New York Times Review. <clears throat> Heavyweights is really two movies in one, and they don't mesh. One movie is a no holds barred spoof of a Tony Little or Susan Powder style fitness merchant in which maniacal perkiness is equated with uncontrollable rage. The other movie is a conventional family comedy that pokes lighthearted fun at the chubby young campers as they bounce off an inflatable rubber raft called the blob and get beamed by baseballs during a humiliating game with the more athletic boys from neighboring camp MVP. So the fun is from pokes fun. (laughs) There's no exclamation mark in the review. The exclamation mark is made up. The fact that they use that quote on the box is ballsy so my best my best pull in the first half was how much they doctored that quota yeah it's crazy um but i i actually think that that's entirely correct like i think that the all the tony perkins stuff is great and that's a great movie for like a specific type of great movie it's a funny movie i think all of the like kid stuff is just like fine uh or boring I, I, there are genuinely boring sequences in the second half where I was just like, why is this movie still, <laughs> still on? Yeah, I, I, it sounds like I'm going to be more with you. I have such a hard disagree. Like, first of all, I was, I don't know if I was laughing the whole time. I laughed a lot. I wrote down a bunch of more of these one-liners that we didn't say yet, but I was smiling the entire movie. Like, I was smiling each, the first half. Each vignette, like, I thought was excellent all the way through even if they didn't necessarily come together. Agreed. Almost at all. Agreed. I wrote down, <laughs> when I was listening back at the end of the uh, first episode when you were talking about our scores, you're like, 999. I'm like, 999? More like, yes, yes, yes. Because <laughs> it's a great movie. Uh, although, a great movie. He does say um, nine in the movie when he's playing Albert Einstein, which ruined, like, I'm like, oh, now they're going to think I didn't think of that on my own but anyway no it was i think it to me it totally held up the one thing i would say as far as like i think it it confuses the line sometimes between being support which we talked about in the first half like there are times where like even though i think ultimately the message is like body positivity and like just because you're fat you're not different there are a lot of fat jokes and again like i think in a vacuum they're funny but i think like it's a it's a tricky line to toe sometimes and i think like if you wanted to take an uncharitable view of the movie you could be like they're undercutting their entire message by poking so much fun at these fat kids but besides for that i think like 
And this is definitely like a huge bit of nostalgia, but it's nostalgia for two reasons. Number one, because I remember the movie watching it and I love, I just like loved watching it. But I also think like it is very much like in that, like, again, it's, it's very similar to Mighty Ducks is the guy who created Mighty Ducks. It's like, it's a movie, like it's a movie about scrappy underdogs who band together to like overcome their. But they, but they don't really. They like they're not really scrappy underdogs. They, well, they are. I their mean, whole they mean, like the counselors are like we're going to plan to stop this, and then they capture him totally separately, and he's like doing his crazy death march, and they're like we got to stop him, and then they stop him. Like there isn't any setup payoff in this movie. It all just happens. This is what I mean. Like the second yeah, half of this movie, I, I agree. Is from, that. from from beginning to end, it's not a cohesive story necessarily. Halfway through this movie, I'm right on with you guys. I would have given this movie an eight or a nine for the first half, which I think is genuinely funny. I like the kids. The second half of the movie, I thought was it was boring and it just happened. Like here's an example: the scene where they're on the dock, Pat and Jerry, and Pat's like having this moment about where he wishes he could be a jock. And then he's like, actually take your washboard apps. That scene is so boring. I didn't even mention it in the recap. And neither of you guys are like, Oh, what a great, it's so boring. And it's like the emotional centerpiece. Yeah, of the movie. It's just a little hard. And then, moment. and then Pat is like, we have to do it for ourselves. And so they start going on power walks. Like, what is that? That whole secret, it means nothing. It, the last, like the last 20 minutes of this movie is an epilogue. Because they already beat Ben Stiller. Well, they have they, to like. Then they have to like conquer themselves, though. Then they have to introduce a new Apache relay and solve it. Like yeah. it's just there's a good movie. Well, so no, there is a message that they say where to just defeat Ben Stiller would be to to not grow at all, right? And so like the Apache relay relay is like the example of them like doing it on their own terms. Because I think like. There's uh, the scene after like the uh, like the food orgy um, after they like couch her. Very reminiscent of Hook also. Uh, Yes, very reminiscent of Hook Um, where where he's like um, where he's like we have you know we have to do it like not how they want us to do it. And like if you don't want to do it, it's okay. But like we have to find what works for us. He was saying we don't have self-confidence like we we don't care and like we we're kind of like okay with whatever because but like it's not from like a place of pride he's like we have to flip it to a place of pride i think that's what the last 20 minutes of the movie but they also all had self-confidence except for pat all of the kids were confident right yeah and like totally good i don't know i i just don't think it's a very good movie like i think it was a fun watch except for the second half, which was pretty boring. But like... Well, so right. We're, I mean, the disagreement is like m- movie as like construct, right? Like the cl- plot coherence and like story moving in a certain direction. Well, I think it's also uneven as it's as in its success as a comedy. Like I think it's funnier in the first half than the second half. Yeah. Uh, well, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Although I think it's... I think the second half is he takes a different tone after they've captured him, but I still think it's a good one. Um, although we didn't touch upon my least favorite part. Oh, what's your least this, favorite this, part? This is, this is going to uh, add to like, there are things that they do for no reason. So you, you mentioned the the scene at the lake that was like sort of boring. And you know, when I saw that as like a nice heartwarming scene after they win the Apache relay, they take the trophy and throw it into the lake 
for no reason. There's no reason to throw your trophy in the lake. And there's no reason for the camp that just lost to go chase it. Um, yep. But that's why, it's not a, that's why it's not a perfect movie. It's not perfect. Well, it's a commentary, right? Because jocks, the only thing that can uh, make them feel any sense of self-pride is the, the yeah, external validation. Yes. Yeah. I, I could actually, argue, I can see Yishai's point there. I would also say like that stuff to me is kid logic, right? And I'm okay with like kid logic. I, I don't know. It just, I think if I wasn't bored in the second half, I would have been higher on the score. Like it's, it's, it's kind of a weak review. Um, the other thing is I want to, I want to mention this. Feld, you said that you would love to see a director's cut of this. Um, yes. You should buy the Blu-ray. I thought about buying it, but I did not have time. The Blu-ray has a full director's commentary with Judd Apatow and Steve Brill. I would like. It also to has that. ninety-four minutes of deleted scenes. Whoa. That is an entire feature-length movie of deleted content. I the bet you give that a nine also. <laughs> The deleted scenes apparently include a full, the full video advertising Camp Hope. Nice. Uh, and what else is in there? Oh, yeah. There's a 24-minute making of feature in there. Amazing. Um, and da, 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 da. Yeah. Well, anyway, I tried to track all of that down, and I couldn't because it wasn't in the partial recall Google Drive uh, like <laughs> Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. I mean, so there, there's one more thing I want to – you know, I, I hate arguing against my own point, but I'm going to argue one more time for Dweck. In the, in the, this is like a nonsense story. But, again, I still think that's – agreeing with myself also that's a nice series of vignettes where you know the go-karts come up a couple times but then at the last scene it becomes like oh this is jerry's reason for living (laughs) all of a sudden it's like this go-kart right obviously the new kid's gonna ride the go-kart they are incredible mechanics on putting a new (laughs) outboard engine on it and it's like this is the culmination of your life not really he's like I would love to ride a go-kart and that was about it, (laughs) (laughs) but still awesome. I just, I think there's a lot of opportunity to have made this a better movie. I understand that that's not entirely the exercise. And I think the fact that like it connected for you on nostalgia, the nostalgia that it created for me, and this is maybe a good segue is it really made me want to go to camp again. Like it reminded me so much of the camp that I went to. And so I looked up some, some stats because we were, I we said it. I would, I would describe all the ways in which this camp was yeah. worse than the camp I went to. Um, I'm excited. So I was like, I looked up. So it was filmed at Camp Pinnacle, um, which is smaller than the camp that I went to. <laughs> Suck it. It's 126 acres, which is pretty big. Camp I went to is 500 acres. Um, camp Pinnacle. It. How much do you think it costs to go to Camp Pinnacle for 13 days? 13 days is what they have as a session. This summer? In 2023? Right now. If you were sending a kid right now to Camp Pinnacle for two weeks. $3,000. I have no basis for it, so I'll just say $4,000. $4,395. That's a lot of dollars for 13 days. It's crazy. Basically, when I looked up all this stuff, it's not that interesting. They're exactly the same camp, except my camp was bigger and a little bit cheaper. Uh, so that's good. Um, also, we had our own mountain, and it was called Mount Pinnacle, probably just to rub it in there. Stupid faces. <laughs> Did you drive by the street that had every fast food uh, establishment ever created on it 
in one strip so, mall when you drove to camp? I can tell from that question that you've never been to North Carolina. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> that's, that's kind of just everywhere in North oh, Carolina. Really? Okay. Uh, you're like, how far away am I from a Bojangles? Oh, five minutes. What direction? Any direction. Just go in a direction. You'll find a Bojangles. In terms of nostalgia, all those logos together on one street at one time was amazing. Yeah. I did also watch the video for Camp Pinnacle and the video for Camp Blue Star. It really just made me want to go to camp. Camp was so great. Like, these are just good camps. It was awesome. That's one of the things I said in the first half of why I loved this movie so much. You know, it's because it was part of a lived experience. Um, but before we get too far off the movie, I want to go through some of the one-liners because we mentioned it and then... Okay, you're going to go through your minute. one-liners. Yeah. First of and all... I'm going to have to cut Camp Sidebar. Not that good. No, no, no. I like the Camp Sidebar. I just want to make sure I get it in before <laughs> we uh, go too far off the actual movie. Skinny wieners. Yeah. That's funny. All the Skinny, time. Baby. Funny. Um, when Lars goes, you've broken my camera, which is more of a British accent. Amazing. With their, their, the camp MVP is getting off the bus to play softball for the first time. And Jerry goes, I'm not so good at sports. And the guy next to him goes, yeah, and I'm Deion Sanders. Yeah. He <laughs> has a great line. Um, see more butts, obviously. Um, I don't know then, if the Simpsons did that first, but obviously that's a classic prank. Yeah, it's, that's fantastic. And then I don't know if you noticed this; they put a bulimia joke in there, which was risque. Yes, at the dance, they're like, maybe they can just get skinny the way you do by throwing up after every meal. And I was like, whoa, we went there. Yeah, I, my favorite thing is when they're when they're doing the when they're all hiding their candy, and there's just that one kid that's covered in salami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Ben Stiller goes, oh, look, deli meat. That was a great line. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it out in a few other lines. Um, uh, when Ben Stiller introduces himself, he goes, I was homeschooled by like select tutors my whole life. So I'm looking forward to interacting with kids for the first time. That was really yeah. funny. Uh, um, I eat success for breakfast with skim milk. With skim milk. That, that is a great just line. preceded Happy Gilmore, right? This came out the year before. This preceded yeah. Happy Gilmore by one. And Judd Apatow did, did punch up on Happy Gilmore. So I have a feeling that that uh, might have snuck its way in there as like a, maybe Apatow. That line, that line is very close to a line from my favorite movie of all time, which is Point Break, where um, they're asking Keanu Reeves if he's fit or like if he eats healthy. He's like, I take the skin off my chicken. Like. <laughs> Nice job, dude. <laughs> uh, wait, Point break. Great movie of all time. I have a few more. Um, when uh, when Ben Stiller is like, I have to sell 50,000 pre-orders of this video where my ass is wheatgrass. That was funny. Um, and uh, when the nurse asks the counselor to dance and he's like, oh, I have a bad sprain. Excuse me. And then doesn't say what he has a sprain because he's just coming up with an excuse. Uh, oh, and then... When uh, Ben Stiller says he was talking to the British guy, I forget why, and he's like, "The Queen would be proud." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of really funny, like little lines in the movie. Like I kept writing them down; uh, they were very funny. There's a few things that I did, with, like on that, like towing the line thing. Uh, I thought the weigh-ins were pretty uh, uncomfortable. Um, 
when they were chasing. What about the what about the food orgy sequence? Yeah, also I food. liked that. I thought I thought the morning after sequence after that was awesome. That like there's not a very yeah. big cinematography cinematographic. I don't know, that's not a word, but the way that they sort of pan over there and you're like, I feel this scene as I was when I had a, a binge when I was a kid or a hangover was great. Yeah, that was that was very funny. It's like a, a, a funny joke that the kids are that scene is actually called the food orgy oh, really? on the uh on the Blu-ray. Oh, that's uh, funny. The scene selection. Um the, the Oh, and then where you were chasing the cow. I was like, yikes. All right. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> they do also single out the Perkins singles out the black kid as oh, you could be oh, a yes. rapper. I wrote that down. Yeah, not great. Uh, so, okay, I have some. Okay, so I have I have a quote from Ben Stiller on this movie. I watched a video interview with him, um, and I pulled out one quote. So, someone asked him what he like, what are his memories of that movie? And so, in the middle of his answer, he says, uh, "Much in the same way that Judd and I did the Cable Guy together, we didn't understand our audience that we were making the movie for." We came up with this weird dark character that definitely goes crazy and dark at the end. And it was a kid's movie for Disney. And Disney looked at this movie and was like, we don't know what to do with it. Disney, that I guess can market anything, was just like, what have you done here? <laughs> That's a great line. But making the movie, the experience was great. The character um, is incredible. Like, it is a... The character is incredible. Great send-up of that, like, idea. And also Ben Stiller plays it so so well uh this is really his second movie role may like this is his second major movie role behind reality bites that's reality bites the year before he's then in this he has the ben stiller show he's been like a bit part in some other movies but this is like so it, the the ben stiller brand wasn't even a thing right, right. Well, he does a good job of establishing it here and in, in terms of his character also like you know why his character is so good if you remember on the hike, the dude wears three different outfits. He's so like needs to be seen in a certain way. He's got his hiking outfit, he's got his yoga outfit, and then like he puts on a jumpsuit after also like when the rest of the kids are just in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, everything he does is funny in the movie. Like the way he runs is funny. Yes. Like he's just he's great. His mullet is funny. So, yeah, he really uh, committed to it th- in a great way. I think like it's also Apatow's first writing credit it's his first it's basically apatow's first anything um other than like he wrote for tv um and like i think it shows because i think his later movies get a lot more a lot tighter in terms of just like things sort of cohering and also understanding the audience i obviously also think that there's an element of like they know they were making a movie for disney and so they were like, we're making this part of the movies for us. And then we're also doing the Disney part of this movie. And I do feel like they're two separate halves. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely, definitely agree with that part of it. Um, all right, Dan, I don't know how much research you did, but I, I was like trying to find some movie reviews just to see like what the thing was at the time. And I found uh, someone Substack, and they have a ton of facts about the movie. I haven't even read them yet. So this will be fresh for me too. Hey. Excellent. Read some facts. I did not find okay. that. 
here are some fun heavyweights facts, according to uh, danwood.substack.com. As part of his first date with his eventual wife, Judd Apatow tried to impress Leslie Mann by showing her this film. Uh, that's fun. And they're married. You see what that says? Yeah, exactly. Uh, while filming the scene where the kids have a party after locking up Tony Perkins, uh, Tony Perkins and restoring the camp back to the way it was, uh, the, the actor who played Jerry injured his arm. His cast had to be hidden in the scenes featuring him uh, from then on. Uh, by the way, I just read this a second ago while you guys were talking and I didn't even get it until I, I read it again. When Josh tells Tony that the chipmunk bunk snack hoard belongs to Seymour Butts, he's actually saying Peter Fitz. Then Uncle Tony says, who's Peter Fitz? And Josh's answer was, anyone's, Peter's, anyone's Peter Fitz if you push hard enough. <laughs> the joke was change a Seymour Butts to be a little more family friendly. That's funny. That's a good one. Um, on the Blu-ray commentary, Judd Apatow states that he once ran into the director Paul Thomas Anderson, uh, and he told Judd that he loves the movie Heavyweights. Uh, so PTA, big fan of Heavyweights. So uh, Dan, in your face. Uh, I noticed yeah. this actually during the movie, but uh, the cook is played by Peter Berg, which is very random because uh, he goes on to be a director and an actor and not these kind of movies. Um, the real life address of the campsite used in the film Camp Pinnacle is One Wolf Lake Drive, Hendersonville, North Carolina. Okay, that's actually just, they're just giving me a Not a very interesting fact. Here's a fun fact. Um, they never wear the yellow shirts oh, yeah. no. hope that they wear on the poster. And not only do they not wear them, I don't think that those are things that would have been worn at that camp. Like, that's not even an element of right. the camp. I don't know why they made that change to the poster. Well, we noted last time that it was a horribly done, like, Photoshop, pre-Photoshop, Photoshop job of it. So, you know, maybe they were trying to be like, this is not campy enough. We need to show people this is a camp movie. Um, Yeah. Right. Well, that's like, it goes back to like the marketing materials we were talking about where like someone wrote the back of that box uh, and they didn't. Um, I assume you're getting to what awards this movie won, right? We're just not there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last fact here is that uh, Sean Weiss, who plays Goldberg, and I guess that's why he's a Jewish name in every movie. uh, He did not want to be in the movie but apparently like the director said he couldn't be in D3 if he didn't do this movie. <laughs> so he had to do it. And then I just Googled Sean Weiss um, to make sure that it was Goldberg. He has not had a good life. Uh, and apparently he's a meth addict now. So that's uh, less fun. Recovering. Recovering. On the way back of recovery. Yeah. You see? Yeah. I mean, some of the pictures of him. Uh, he is not a heavyweight. Anymore. Yikes. Yikes. Pretty sad. Yikes. He, he, Tony Perkins could have put them all on meth. That would have worked. <laughs> that would have been a very yes. dark. <laughs> right. If, if, if Disney thought this was dark, that would have been a real dark turn. Uh, okay. So we disagree on the quality of the movie. We all liked elements. Some You guys liked all of the elements. <laughs> I liked some of the elements. Well, I'm not giving it a 10. So I didn't like all of the elements. But uh, Yeah. So what's your actual score? Because I gave a, it a, six. a solid nine. It's a solid, and I haven't been able to, but my kids will be watching it this week. Uh, you know, I. Oh, I, I want to unpack that. What are the things you're looking for when you're determining whether or not your kids are allowed to watch it? It, not anything in particular necessarily. So, you know, my kids are at an age where 
you know, from time to time, bullying becomes a thing. Um, and it's more of like, there's so much media. You mean like you bully them? <laughs> yeah, I throw them around. I tell them they're worthless, you know, get a job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My house. You want to be able rules. to steal lines from this movie. You yeah. don't want them to know that that's where you got them from. <laughs> exactly. I, I yelled, see more butts. They're like, what are you talking about? But butts is funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like there, there's so much media that I, initially I was like, is the bullying of the fat kids like too much where like, you know, it might, but it's not, you know, I, I'm not like totally protecting them necessarily but like when there's so much stuff it's you know i just wanted to see it first yeah there, there's so many of the, the kids movies from our time it's like it starts with some horrible stuff not even horrible but like just a, a bad divorce where the parents hate each other or like free willy it's a bunch of homeless kids stealing cake <laughs> like we watched that one recently so it's like as we like go up to these movies i'm like is this gonna start with 20 minutes of kids stealing from restaurants and like you know eating cake i do feel like 90s movies were more real in that sense like real i don't i'm not necessarily saying real as like a compliment um like even jumanji the movie starts where like the kid's parents died in a car accident um and i i'm trying to think of like what i I don't know if i've I've watched like the live action equivalents of, of movies that are coming out now i feel like we're still in like the animated movie phase so maybe they're still doing that but yeah, there was like definitely like a bit of a, a grittiness to, to. I mean, animated movies all do that. Yes, right? but I think that it's softer because they're animated for some reason. Yeah, you get to movies like uh, one we saw you know, recently in the theaters with my kids, like Sonic Two. You know, they they develop in uh, an evil villain without having to have. Nest- I don't actually remember if there was, but I feel like there wasn't some super sad backstory for no reason that. <laughs> You know, my kids end up picking up on and we talk about for 45 minutes every time. But um, is that bad? That sounds good that you talk about sad things that are a part of life. Yeah, it's true. But like, don't need it when we're just trying to like escape all the time. Yeah. Like, Dan, your daughter's too. It sounds good she in knows, theory, but you don't want to. She knows that Mufasa dies in the, spoiler alert, Mufasa dies in the How Lion King. movies are you going to spoil? You you said that uh, uh, Chubbs lost an arm in Predator. <laughs> I said that there are multiple aliens in the movie Aliens. <laughs> no, I, I will. I'm going to, you know, hopefully I don't sprain my elbow patting myself on the back here. But like, I believe that as, as parents, we talk about these things when it's appropriate. It's so like, me and had to go to his school, put on this, like for his grade, um, you know, puberty, body changing, all that. And like, that was the time where like, that was a discussion. We spoke about that. I don't need that necessarily. Those kind of things to be brought up in the movie. Like we're going to see a movie. I would just rather it be fun. Now, again, like the bullying wasn't like so out of control that I was like, I don't really want to deal with this. Like they will watch this movie. Um, I get you don't want to watch a movie where there's like a ton of bush and you have to explain, <laughs> you know, your body's going to change yeah, as like, you grow. We, like, hey, are there homeless kids like just living like down by the river? Like in a van? Yes, there are. Like, yeah. probably, we'll, we'll talk about that. And like, you know, but I want to watch a movie for an hour. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree. I agree. Where like I don't even think it's like like I, you seem like better than me. Like you have these conversations. I'm just like, all right, good night. And then the kid just get nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> like wake me up in the middle of the night because I don't like properly address them. Like I'm like, yeah, that was the movie. Hope you enjoyed it. 
see you in the morning. Uh, and then it doesn't always work out well. Um, yeah. Like we, they watched a, a movie hotel for dogs and like fun movie. We had two hour conversation about the foster system. Whoa. Like, I'll talk about the foster system, but like we were sitting down to watch a movie, you know, interesting. Hey. I don't think I've ever had like a full on, like, let's talk about life conversation for movies. There've been questions. What did your daughter think of this movie? Uh, I think she liked it. She liked it. Uh, no, I mean, there were a couple of times where like, think she's, she's like, like that. her that laughing like out loud would have been a good like indication. No, she, yeah, no, she enjoyed it. There were a couple of times where she's like, that seems mean. I'm like, that is mean. Uh, good, <laughs> good, good picking up on that. Um, and then there were a couple of times where I think it was like, um, she was like laughing at their expense. I'm like, uh, like it's better not to laugh at people for things they can't control. Uh, and so that was, that was see life lessons. There, I just, I just said I was wrong. Clearly I did. Dad of the year. Uh, um, no, but I, it definitely, uh, yeah, she, she liked it. She was nervous when, um, Ben Stiller was, um, doing the, the fake, uh, Hershey kiss thing. She's like, don't do it. <laughs> he has to get out somehow. <laughs> like it's okay. Uh, <laughs> like I guess it would have been worse if he like snapped that kid's neck. That would have been a real dark. Yeah, that would have been worse. Yeah, I should clarify. I'm not trying to be judgmental of your decisions to show or not show. I'm actually curious. No, you're judging how people think about these things because it's not something I have to think about now, but I will have to think about it. Yeah, I mean, time. I think there's like a. I definitely think it comes down to like. A, Person, it's a very like you could. I think there's an argument to be made very easily for both sides, and it's just a matter of like how you feel personally about your particular kid, and also like what you're up for as a parent. That would be my two. So for you, Avi, this movie is in the canon. You're showing it to your kids. They will be seeing it. Yes. What if they say, "I want to go to camp"? Oh, I I'm trying to convince to go to camp. This camp costs four thousand dollars for two weeks. Oh, yeah, I <laughs> will not be going to Camp Pinnacle Hope slash MVP. Um, but I, yeah, I, I would love my son to go to camp. I mean, I think I was this age when I started going, and like, I have friends that I met like on the bus up to camp to this day. Like, I, I would, I would love for that to happen. Swimming in a lake when you drop down, your feet get caught in the squishy mud. That's the best. Yeah. You, Dan, you asked earlier, like, how, how does this movie make you feel about camp? I loved camp. I went to sleepaway camp, uh, combined experience of camper and counselor for 15 years by the age of 30. So I spent uh, half of my life uh, for two months every summer in the Pocono Mountains. Uh, and I loved every second of it. It was incredible. Camp was the best. Uh, to the point where, like, I'm like, should I... Uh, just become like a teacher so that I have my summers free and then I can go work in a camp so I could be in camp all summer. We had the discussion like a month ago. It's like, maybe I should be the uh, psychologist at a camp and then our kids can go for free and I can work from anywhere. Yeah. This is, I think we must be at the point of our lives where you try to maneuver your life around trying to get back to camp for a summer. I'm just saying, as, as three Jews, we are saying the word camp a lot. And it is making me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> no. um, I, I think we can all agree on this point. The movie made us nostalgic for camp. 
Yes. Although oh, I will say, apparently, someone just told me I was talking to someone about summer camp nostalgia, and they said there's something called like camp for adults. I don't want to do. That. I think it's a no, different type of camp. I think that's just like that's the type of camp Martin. I was referring to a second ago that you don't want to go to. <laughs> no, not, not Lars is a, Lars is a counselor at that <laughs> camp, and it's bad. No, not that type of camp, but like literally the camp. Where, <laughs> they like, call them counselors. It's like oh, let's recapture our enjoyment of camp by going as adults, and we can like drink this time. Like no, I want to go back to like kids' camp, not like cosplay like with crappy food yeah Here's the best. but yeah i will i'll also say like the thing we often talk about like oh what comes back to you while you're watching the movies like obviously nothing of this movie came back to me while i was watching it because i didn't see it but there was all sorts of sense memory like this movie really plays up the crickets sound when they're outside i didn't realize i didn't that. notice it either um and it well maybe i noticed it because it it lit- the movie is filmed in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Like it sounds like summer right. to me in this like very visceral way that like harkens back to when I was a kid. It, that part really worked for me or really triggered in me like that, that like nostalgia feeling. Uh, so I liked that stuff. Why did your parents send you to camp in North Carolina growing up in New York? So the camp that I went to was founded in 1948. Um, and when my dad was a kid, it was the camp he wanted to go to. My dad is from South Carolina. Uh, and so when I was a kid, he was like, oh, I'm sending my son to that camp because that's the camp I wanted to go to. I like that as a father thing. That's awesome. So it's not the camp that he went to. It's the camp that he's like, when I grow up and I have a kid, he's going to have the experience I never had. That's pretty baller. Uh, I went from when I was six until I was 11. And then I was like, I'm too old for camp. I think I started at 12. Great. <laughs> Your parents yeah. got you the beeper. You're like, I got to hustle in the city now. Yep. I'm, I'm done going to camp. Basically. I don't know why this just got triggered now, but do you remember why he didn't want to go to camp? He's like, I'm hanging out this summer. Oh, yeah. Which was a great set of activities to do. Well, it's funny because that was, that was a big divide uh, in my friend group growing up. Most of my friends preferred to hang out all summer. And then I would get back from camp, which I loved. But they would be like, especially like in high school, they're like, we were just like partying at people's houses every night. And that was like, oh, like I miss that. I still really like going to camp. But I never like didn't go to camp because of that. But that actually really hit home because that was very much like my friend group in my neighborhood. Like most kids didn't go to sleepaway camp. They just hung out and like got up to like, not like uh, terrible, no good, but like fun, no good. And, uh, and I missed out on that part for sure. I stopped going to camp as an 11 year old. Because all of the kids in my camp that summer were like, I don't want to do the activities today. I'm going to skip the I activity and like kids. go smoke cigarettes behind the bunk. And I was like, I want to Yeah, yeah. I want to play field hockey and go to the lake. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to go to camp anymore because the kids don't want to do the activities. I was 100% <laughs> with you. Um. Speaking of doing the activities, what movie are we going to talk about next? Is that, is that a segue? <laughs> is the activity watching movies and podcasting about movies? Yeah, good good segue. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect segue. Nailed it. You're nominating it, right? Do I get to nominate? Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm going to nominate the Steve Brill written feature. I thought he directed it, but he actually only wrote it. Uh, the Mighty Ducks. And that's going to be a great one. 
Yeah. Oh, and Goldberg. Right. It connects on Goldberg. Let's just do that instead of connecting it on Steve Brill. <laughs> Who, who's Steve Brill? The Goldberg yeah. connection. Yeah. The, gold, the Goldberg. You are doing verse. what is probably the preeminent sports movie of all time until Miracle came out. Ooh. That's my pre. I'm not going to be on the next episode, but that's my take. Sport, sports movie or a hockey movie? I was going to say there are sports other than hockey. <laughs> No, both both of the best sports movies are hockey movies. Uh, Avi, what sport did you grow up playing uh, seriously and competitively as a child? Oh, I thought it was hockey. Damn it. You just ruined my joke. I started playing hockey as a 26-year-old. Oh, I remember you playing, right, I guess like when we like lived together. Like, I, Yeah, I just decided wanted to take up a new sport. No, baseball was, was my jam. Um, in fact, if you want to if you if you want to download some statistics, statistically, if ERA is the most important thing, I am the number one Jewish Orthodox college pitcher of all time. Wow! Oh yeah. Still, do you like keep up with so these statistics? Me about a year ago, they're like, "Hey, do you know you're number okay. one?" So, so you know what we just we clearly are establishing right now. Avi Felt would have jumped into the lake to catch the trophy as a member of Camp MVP because that's your vibe. I thought I was on a bunch of losing teams yeah. my whole life. So You're out here like, how do those kids even get one out? Those Camp MVP kids are so cool and good at sports. Wait, this isn't a pro MVP podcast? Uh, Camp MVP right. podcast. Avi's entire nostalgia for <laughs> for heavyweights was going growing up playing baseball and kicking these kids' asses. Uh, uh, well, Avi, thank you for joining us um, as a uh, friend fun. and a roommate and a fan of the podcast. We're glad you could do this with us. Uh, we'll have you back soon, uh, Dan. We will talk about uh, Mighty Ducks next week. I genuinely hope I like Mighty it, Ducks. It, it, I don't more than I like heavyweights. Friends. It was exhausting to argue with you guys about heavyweights. I wish I had just liked it. I could be like, it was great. I like this dynamic because it was two two on one. I never get to have that dynamic. So I usually just fold because you're so intimidating. And now me and I yeah, were this like, is all yeah. Right. Well, it. the nice thing about Zoom is it doesn't matter how weak I am. If I put my face really close to the mic, I look into the camera, I look huge. I, I, I will say I didn't didn't realize we were going to be disagreeing. So first of all, if you don't give Mighty Ducks a 10, you know, you've lost a listener. <laughs> We've lost our only listener. <laughs> our entire audience. <laughs> All right. We'll talk next week. All right. Tell our smart listeners who are listening for the first time what this podcast is about. You did put a lot of um, emphasis. The weird emphasis is going to be hard to cut around too, isn't it? Anyway, this podcast podcast is about uh, movies. Absolutely. Trying and failing to make a podcast. This podcast is about movies. (laughs) Stop laughing. Uh, This is, Avi, this is, (laughs) this is pretty, (laughs) it gets bad sometimes, but this is, this is getting up there with, with, with some of the worst we've done. Okay. Okay. Uh, this podcast. Stop fucking talking. <laughs> <laughs>